<laughs> a quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Kaspar Szymanski. Very good. Hello, and I got Jason. my shiz mixed up. <laughs> hello, Jason. Um, it's a privilege. Thank you for having me on the show. Again, absolutely, oh, absolutely delightful. I've had you once before or twice before. I think twice. We had the opportunity to um, speak on the show uh, once previously, but we met at conferences times and again. That was anyway. it. Yep. I met you at a conference, and I were, really wanted to interview you when I was doing the conference circuit, interviewing people. But you were rushing off back home to see your kids because you love your family, your kids, so much that you leave immediately after your talk at conferences. Is that correct? That's about right. I really like, I really enjoy conferences. Uh, the one-to-one -one interaction, one-on-many interaction um, on stage, it's great. But once I'm done and the Q&A is over, I pretty much rush home to get back to my boys. Which is brilliant. But today we're not talking about your family life. We're talking about how to grow organic rankings with brand. And this is for the podcast Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard, which is the new title for the podcast where we're focusing much more on brand. So, Casper, today you're going to be talking about organic SEO rankings with brand. But before that, I wanted to look at your brand search. Now, what I've done here is I've found your KGM ID. So Google has a reference to you in its knowledge graph. It has an identifier for you. And as we can see here on the left, that's the search result with the identifier. And on the right, we have the result for your name searched normally. And as you can see, they are identical. And that means Google's truly got a great grip on who you are a semi-factual understanding whereby it can reproduce the same SERP for your name as it does for your KGM ID. How does that feel? Well, it feels a little bit like a vindication, but as much as I'm glad to see Google uh, returning accurate results, relevant results for my name, uh, it really isn't only about me. It is also the brand that stands there. And I also like to think Google should really know who I am, given that I used to work for them for such a long period <laughs> of time, don't you think? Yeah, I'm sure Google would say, but we don't cheat like that by adding things for our friends. But what I do see talking of friends is your friend, Philly Weiss. It's um, uh, my brothers. My Sorry. friend and my business partner, indeed. Right. Well, what I found super interesting is I immediately searched for your brand name, which is Search Brothers, which is um, quite ambiguous. And yet Google associates Philly with Search Brothers so closely that when you search for the brand name Search Brothers, you see Philly over there on the right hand side alongside Barry, Barry Schwartz, Neil Patel, Rand Fishkin and da Danny Sullivan. Uh, so I would imagine you're not very far from having a knowledge panel. And I do wonder if at some point in the future, when we Google Search Brothers, whether it will show both Philly and Casper. Do you think that will happen? It may, but you know, I'm perfectly happy with Philly to be there. Philly is an equal partner, and I want to say the technical mastermind, uh, hands down mm -hmm. the best SEO out there. I've you had the privilege to work with Philly for a long period of time. We started working together back at Google in 2006. Mm -hmm. I've never met anyone in an industry full of, in, of really intelligent, of really 
uh, passionate people, of people with incredible ideas. I've never met anyone more capable than Philly. So if our brand is associated with Philly, I'm more than happy to see that happen and to, you know, for that to remain as it is. I'm perfectly happy with that. Right, that's brilliant as well because uh, I interviewed Philly at YoastCon in 2019, I think it was, and it turns out he's a librarian by trade or by training. And I find that incredibly interesting because being a librarian must be hugely helpful to him in search. I suppose it gave him a start that um, it was, uh, you know, it was a jumping board if you want. But uh, what very truly is, is a developer. Uh, he's, uh, mm. I always think of Philly in terms of like maybe for Matrix fans, uh, Neil, you know, or, or Morpheus, seeing the zeros and the ones, really. That he's the kind of guy who has a really profound understanding of code and of technology. So, uh, yes, he's a librarian by education, uh, but certainly he is a superb developer by trade and years of experience. And a lovely guy as well. You are listening to Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard. Now, back to the show. And now we're going to be talking about brand and using brand to grow organic rankings. A lot of people in the past have said, well, to get organic rankings, I need to count words and I need links. And brand was completely put to one side. First question for me is, to what extent do you think people are taking brands seriously in the SEO industry? Well, I suppose some do. However, in my experience, it is frequently an approach that is not necessarily productive. Um, some people at times in conversation at conferences or otherwise um, seem to imply or, or assume that brand is an advantage in itself. Say, I happen to be associated with a large famous brand and that's the reason for ranking and that's not the case it's not a direct factor however brand can be hugely conducive and and really beneficial something that that can be capitalized on in organic search if utilized um, as it can be as it should be in terms of brand recognition and that ties into the user experience and that ties very well into the unique selling proposition, which is the starting point really for a lot of things in terms of search. So when we happen to have a product or a service, whatever it is, the first and the most important thing with a long-term strategy is to understand what is our unique selling proposition. It doesn't have to be just one. It can be a multitude of things. It can be the price, it can be a particular, service around it or you know just the cozy feeling that people have whenever um, they seem to be interacting with us so that's great but then we obviously need the brand and the, the reason for building the brand is so that people recognize our landing pages when they compete against the competitors in SERPs for relevant queries why that's because if people recognize a, a pattern, a landing page that is that is ranking, they tend to click on it. Now, if we live up to that expectation, if our landing page delivers on what we're promising to, you know, what lies behind it, then the user imply with their behavior that they are satisfied. And they, they are, they're, you know, for, for Google users, that means this was a query that was well served. Mm -hmm. Whenever that, yep. 
Please Sorry, the, the, there are two things there. We, I think we need to wind back a little bit. Number one Absolutely. is going to be, to what extent does my recognition of a brand name affect my click behavior as a user? And the mm -hmm. second is, to what extent is query satisfaction going to affect Google? So two questions. Mm -hmm. So how does query satisfaction impact the ranking? The short answer is tremendously. Um, if you think about it, um, frequently it is said in our industry that popular website, websites that are popular with users are popular with Google. And that's actually true. And the reason is very simple. Google doesn't care so much um, for us as, a, as an industry. Uh, they don't care for web website ranks. They care for the user experience. They want to make sure that their users are satisfied. So they measure user satisfaction. Now, if a user goes and they type in a query and they are confronted with 10 results and they, they can choose one, um, two, two or three things can happen. But most of the time, they would either go ahead and you know, find what they were looking for or they would not, in which case they would return back to, to the query, they would refine it or look for another result, implying with their behavior, no, I haven't found what I was looking for. This was not hmm. a satisfactory experience um, for my particular, well, whatever it is I, I was looking for. And this is hugely important because living up to user expectation is something that Google does measure based on user experience. And that is something that pushes up websites that do frequently live up. So this is something we most definitely want to do. Now, of course, getting there, getting to that click also requires for the, for the user to actually to believe that a particular ranking uh, landing page represented with the snippet, the title and description, mm -hmm. it's actually the thing I've been looking for. So we do, we do need to have accurate titles and descriptions and compelling ones with a unique selling proposition, with something that, that actually tells the user, come over here, we have the thing you've been looking for. And mm -hmm. So, sorry, yep. does that mean that the brand name is less important than the USP that we're suggesting in our titles and descriptions? Or they, they go hand in hand, right? Because, and and I, I will, I will, you know, I will make an example based on my user behavior as a user. I'm I'm very keen on books. I buy a lot of books, and and typically they're not easily to be found because they're all prints or stuff like that. So I would go ahead and type in the author and the title. Now, when presented with the results, there would be, of course, good reads, and there would be a couple of other known platforms, but there may be also one or two um, landing pages of brands that I know that are not the largest brand out there, but brands that I know. If I already know them, I'm more likely to click on them because my past experience might imply, yes, I've purchased a book with them before and it was fine. And this is just one example. And this is just the books that I'm looking for, of course. Um, this ties in into everyday uh, behaviors. Every query that people do, they are most likely to trust the brand or the platform they are already familiar with, it makes that decision so much easier. So if we want to get that click, that first initial buy-in, we want to make sure we are a brand. We are the go-to place, preferably, you know, preferably the one or one of the handful, but not just a generic term that is not really associated with any kind of expertise or any kind of excellence. Hmm. And getting there can be stimulated. Of course, to begin with, 
we need to have a compelling uh, if we build completely from scratch we need to come up with a compelling name we need to come up, come up with a compelling not too generic logo all these things that the marketing team would jump on and create something really great but it goes a little bit further social media is a very good example right because social media is a great way to communicate you know we have a great new product or we happen to have a new release all these things that we care for because it's our product but it also opens up an opportunity to engage in a two-way communication now just today i was looking for instance into configure uh, confirming uh, something with regard to a flight so i would go mm -hmm. to facebook and ping the airline um, and ask them you know um on chat right then and there um, guys can you confirm is this the kind of document i do require for my flight tomorrow and this is a very good use case, right? If I happen mm. to be building a brand or I already am a brand, I need these channels when users can in an easy way engage in a two-way communication, either to suggest something or to ask something or just to complain. Most of the time it is complained, but complaints yeah. are a great source to improve the, this, the service or the product. Yet another instance where brand building is really critical. It does not translate to instant mm. reward. But in the long term, it does pay off handsomely. Right. And that was actually partially what my question was going to be, is there is no direct win there. Like, let's come back to organic right. rankings. Why would I invest in that, number one? And number two is how would I convince my boss to invest in that? Ah, yes. Now you're asking me to give me give you all the munition that you require for this in-house battle. That is yes. the largest challenge. It yes. isn't easy, right? Because the KPI are so difficult to measure, almost impossible, mm -hmm. I'm inclined to say. Unfortunately, I, I do believe it was Ogilvy to to um you know to borrow a quote here, who said uh, something along the lines of uh, I am absolutely confident that half of my budget is wasted. I just don't know which, which half it is. Um, <laughs> right. it is. It is, in simple terms, it is very difficult to draw a direct correlation between an investment in brand building and the, the re return of investment. Uh, you can't correlate that. This is a never-ending uh, challenge that the marketing departments uh, all around the globe and all, around right. all companies face. And it is unfortunately something that is difficult. Of course, when we talk about that conversation that you would be having with your C-level managers or with the investors, it is something where comparisons can be drawn. So we can say, right, well, we are not doing it yet, but here's our direct competitor. Let's see how they fare. Let's see, are they doing something where the user might feel compelled that this is a better experience? And using that comparison, we might get to, you know, might get a trajectory, change the trajectory really of the conversation towards an investment in a, in a future revenue-oriented uh, brand-building effort. But mm. if if the conversation comes down to show us where it pays off, we, we want to see the direct correlation. This is not affiliate marketing, I'm afraid. It won't be possible. Right. Okay. Because I mean, I, I had the impression we work with brand SERPs, the search result for your brand name, and we struggle hugely to prove the value other than you get more clicks at the bottom of the funnel coming through, uh, more branded searches means more people see it. But as, as you say, the KPI is very difficult. But that what I call competitor envy, the competitor's doing it, therefore you should be. 
Um, but that necessarily requires that the competitor is doing something great. But in the branding space, a lot of a lot of our competitors, a lot of brands don't do very much. I agree. That completely is in line with my experience. Whenever we had that conversation, and this is a conversation that comes up quite a lot, uh, we proposed to um, start a pilot project. So uh, let's start this effort at a very small level. And it is often to take a different uh, and alternative approach in order to prove the, the you know, to have the proof of concept if you want. We would then take a look at our Google Search Console and look into queries, branded or not, or otherwise, it's preferably branded, of course. But what, mm. what we want to do is to look at the queries that do receive uh, a lot of visibility. So you know, impressions would go through the roof with a very low CTR, because mm. that basically says already we already have all that huge traffic. We just need to tap into it. In order to get there, of course, we have to improve the snippet representation. We have to improve. Um, what we tell the user this landing page is about. Now, doing that on a large scale, of course, is an effort. Doing this on a very limited scale can be a great pilot project, preferably with a couple of cash cows where, where you know, cash cow landing pages, mm. where uh, there is a quite potential uh, revenue on the other side of, of the story. So when that is being conducted, it is not all too difficult to drive up the CTR because very frequently it is at its lowest. So the proof of concept is there. At that point, the conversation changes. And, Go ahead. and the increased click-through rate, assuming we're already ranking, let's say, bottom of page one, is going to be driven primarily by your brand name and your USP. Primarily, indeed. So very frequently what we experience, especially with large websites, you would have those landing pages for any kind of product, say, uh, say fashion products, retail products, mm -hmm. really, um, with millions, dozens of millions of, of impressions and the CTR somewhere around the range of 0.1%. You can't break all too much by, by adapting these. Now, if the product allows it, um, you can at the same time tap into um, the experience that the paid search team has and ask them, listen guys, what, what kind of snippets do work best for paid search? Maybe we can tap into that. There is of course AI, uh, which is also an alternative to tap into it, but most of the time within larger organizations, the expertise is already there. It's just merely within, hmm. within another team. So we can strengthen cross-team collaboration get these, these guys, uh, allow these guys to, to have their input and have a use case that demonstrates, yes, there is huge potential there. It can be, however, magnified. It's, 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 it's just really just scratching on top of, you know, of the surface. Uh, typically, wherever there is such potential, there is much, much more beneath. It just needs to be expanded on a larger scale. When at the same time, the brand is being massively marketed and it really becomes the go-to place where obviously in, in a Goldilocks situation and in an ideal situation where we really can tap into the full potential of the brand and the product at the same time. Um, and depending, of course, on the type of product we have, the type of platform we have, uh, time of performance we have, because that is a factor we didn't have, we really didn't talk about, but it, when, when we make our website faster, really independently of the brand and everything else, we mm -hmm. generally tend to have more happy clients or more happy users. 
when we optimize all of these factors uh, roughly at the same time, you really can, uh, we'll really then aim for, for, for the term sky is the limit really for skyrocketing uh, serves and, and conversions. So there is huge potential uh, very often uh, at times. Go ahead, please. Brilliant. And yeah, sorry, one, my next question was, if we're going to work on brand, and I have a client, we worked on their brand and 20% uplift in brand searches year on year. Another client doubled the brand searches. And in both cases, we've seen huge wins in organic. Do you think the two are related? Not necessarily, because uh, to begin with, really every website is different. And it's it's even if they are in the same vertical, even if they compete directly for the same queries, it is not just merely about those two websites. To begin mm -hmm. with, there can be another competitor we don't know about. And you know, Google Google has this thing and this this honeymoon period where new websites enter um, enter the realm, and Google doesn't really have enough factors doesn't even really have enough signals and data in order to rank this website properly. So they give them a little bit of a boost in the beginning to, in order to see right. is this is does this website live up to expectation? Can it can it take a chunk of 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 the you know of the cake uh, in this particular vertical? That is absolutely something that is that is happening. But there is also things like um, updates like, like like algorithmic updates and policy yeah. updates very frequently not really communicated openly um, for a long period of time so these are all factors that get, can play a role typically do play a role so it's it's difficult to correlate those changes between two mm -hmm. websites one to one no so we we're never really going to be able to correlate specifics the global overall aspect of what we're doing is satisfy the user if we can satisfy our clients, our audience, then Google is more likely to recommend us because that's its ultimate aim, is customer satisfaction. Yes, clearly, clearly and obviously. The whole concept, the, the success um, that Google is founded on is really uh, users going to Google as the dominant search engine and looking for whatever they need in their life, keeping that keeping the users satisfied, keeping them in place as a primary objective. Um, for a lot of users out there that are not quite as tech savvy as people that may be listening uh, to the podcast, uh, mm -hmm. Google is not merely a search engine, it is the search engine. Um, I remember vividly talking to my father um, a while ago and mentioning um, other search engines uh, in a different context, and he was, he was baffled. How do you mean different? He didn't really uh, contemplate the fact, you know, the concept that there might be alternatives. So for a lot of users, it is really the case. And Google's success going forward is, of course, tied into users remaining happy. So measuring user success and factoring user satisfaction is absolutely something that is totally understandable, understandable for them to, to be doing. Therefore, I like to think that, um, you know, us and our clients, we, we like to really live up to that to that dogma to say um, we want to make sure the website is popular by users and hence, therefore, it is very popular within Google organic search as well. And the association in Google's brain between satisfaction and a website, would that be translatable to Google's association of user satisfaction with a brand if it recognizes and understands the brand? It does understand the brand, most certainly, and it is, of course, a strong indicator to Google with regard to brand when there are branded queries. 
<laughs> so this is another thing we can work towards. If users are already familiar with our brand, users already know what CaliCube is about. They wouldn't mm -hmm. only type in podcast brand, they would type in CaliCube podcast uh, brand. And that would be a very, very different query in terms of quality for us. And, and of course, with, with a very high likely chance of CaliCube actually ranking number one for that kind of query. So branded queries is a very strong indicator and something to work towards, uh, most definitely. Mm -hmm. And also a very bottom of funnel, which is always delightful. And I think people miss that. As soon as somebody's searching your brand name, they're bottom or post funnel, they're a client or a prospect or a potential partner. Next question is with Bing Chat and answer engines and Google now developing their new engine that they're probably not going to call bad anymore after the disaster in February. Where do you think brand is going to be in that scenario? I do believe it will be front and central. Um, what we're talking about here is utilizing the tools that are at our disposal right now, whether you know being used by search engines at a completely different level, or whether being used by our industry, um, to, I suppose, to utilize vast amounts of, of database input in order to speed up things, um, to provide answers. But it will not change the fact that brand plays a role. It will not change the fact that what, you know, it, it won't change users over time um, to the effect that, that you know, that they're stopped looking for things in the way they, they've been looking right now. Um, I always have to think when, when, uh, when I think about the current trends or the thing that is currently the biggest trend, with no regard to whatever it is at, at a given point in time, I always think, yes, they frequently come and go, but the fundamentals rarely change. I remember mm. vividly a time where, where, where voice search was the killer, right? Yeah. So <laughs> voice search is going to replace everything. Everybody seems to be optimizing for voice search. So how do you optimize exactly for voice search? It's pretty much still the same kind of content. Um, it's not that everybody's switching to voice search, and even if they did, search engines, Google and other search engines still do need to have those signals in order to understand what your content really is about. So I, I do believe that voice search um, phenomena that passed, now we have AI, which is great. Uh, AI has a lot of applications, especially where uh, efficiency and optimization is possible. So we can, mm -hmm. we can create content um, that is, I don't want to say boilerplate, but content that um, is rather not very too complicated, not very creative. That we can most certainly do, um, and it will be most, most likely utilized indeed also within search engines over time. But it will not lead to a situation where being the number one brand has no value. I believe being a known brand among the top brands will remain a killer factor for foreseeable time. Not the only one, but most certainly a very important one. Right, and being the go-to brand online or for, for the online community that you hopefully have as a, as a representative audience is hugely important across all of your digital marketing. And I think maybe that's something that people miss out on is if you're working on your brand, it's not just for search. It's also on social media. It's on uh, the, the communities and the platforms that your audience hang out on. Um, so brand, for me at least, is the fundamental pillar of building any business offline or online, but online increasingly incredibly important. So for the very last question, 
That wasn't a question, that was a statement. The last question for you, Casper, is how would you integrate brand SERP optimization into your SEO strategy, which is a question very close to my heart. Off you go. Thank you, Jason. And I hope you, you will allow me a little bit of time to, um, to elaborate on the idea I would like to bring forward uh, for our listeners to, to contemplate. So uh, overall, SEO strategy is really much more complex. It's not just about one factor, be that brand or technical. Preferably, the overall strategy is um, much more rounded with uh, probably all and uh, if not all, then many factors uh, included. But when we look at brand, what I would like to encourage our listeners to is to look into the Google Search Console and specifically look into the volume of impressions they already are uh, mm -hmm. enjoying. Uh, um, as in compared against the volume of CTR, especially the low CTR, um, the, the queries or the landing pages that have a lot of visibility and a very low CTR. These tend to be the low-hanging fruit uh, where improvement can directly correlate imminently almost with much more relevant traffic, much more converting traffic in a short period of time. Utilize this uh, as a pilot project to expand on it. And while you're doing that, keep in mind, and this is something that Jason was talking about a moment ago, it is not just an online word. Also to hear, uh, from online guys, but it is true. We live in an offline world as well. So there are factors that can also lead to brand recognition um, in the offline world, being that conferences, as uh, we happen to be tapping in quite a lot. I'll be going to a conference myself tomorrow. Uh, be that other areas where your target audience happens to be. That very well can be social media or something else. Be there, make sure your brand is present there that well, you will be growing brand recognition over time. As you do so, your organic search visibility will grow because your target audience will be most likely to click on your results when they recognize the brand. That was a brilliant last statement. And I love you, the offline world. We often forget it. Conferences, talking to people face-to-face -face in real life, hugely important. I love the term, bring the offline online as much as you can because your brand is offline it exists offline google can't see it if it's not online do bring the offline online thank you so much casper that was absolutely brilliant thank you everyone for watching i enjoyed that immensely and i've taken a lot of super duper tips out of it and next week i'm going to get the same from amir glatt ai and what it means for the future of digital marketing agencies that's going to be super interesting he is the cto and co-founder of duda could you possibly pass the baton, Casper? Right and then there, herewith, I'm passing on the button to Amir Glad. And uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing uh, his show. And I want to use the opportunity to say, Jason, always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for having me on the show. It's always a pleasure talking to you as well, Casper, since we very first met four or five years ago. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Casper. Thank you. Bye. Cali Cube. It's all about your brand, SERP.